Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. Are you ready? Hi, is this okay? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Hi, and welcome to Verbal Art, this uh, art podcast with me, Signe Ram, and today a crossover episode with uh, Out of Office Radio. We are in Forum Box Gallery in Helsinki. Um, since this is also not my normal platform, maybe just more introduction than normally. So I'm a Danish art student finishing my master's here in Helsinki now in the Academy of Fine Arts. And uh, this podcast series has been running for a year and a half I've been recording. Um, so this is episode 42. And uh, I visit different artists on selected locations their exhibitions or workspace or anywhere that makes sense and then we talk about their work and today I'm here with James Previtt Hello uh, and Edi Botteri We have a technician today I'm not used to having a producer like this so it's like we have leveled up <laughs> So we're also doing like a double, double gear setup and you can find this episode uh, on demand on with the rest of the Verbal Art podcast next Wednesday. And Acast is the host site, but you can also just find it on whatever podcast app you prefer. And I guess you will also find it on some kind of archive of our radio later, but we haven't decided what happens with that. Yeah, okay, interesting. Mm. But for now, the first time ever live Verbal Art. Uh, hi, James. Hi. <laughs> Is, wanna... is it different to do it live? No, it's live. <laughs> no, I never edit the episodes anyway. Well, oh, okay. I, I do, but I don't uh, censor anything. I don't cut anything out. So in that way, it's not different. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm only going to do a bit of like uh, touching up on the sound okay. later. Okay, yeah. Hi. So, um, yeah, you didn't send me any material about the exhibition, and I've been busy, we've both been busy, so I'm completely blind into what we are looking at here, but that's perfect. Do you maybe just want to first introduce yourself? Yes, I'm James Previtt. I'm a British or English artist. I'm an artist from England. I've been based in Helsinki for 10 years and I'm also a teacher, so I have taught you a little bit, not so much actually. A lot, but a bit a in the beginning. Bit, a bit in the beginning, yeah. yeah. So this is how I know Zenia, uh, but we're sat inside my exhibition here, which is maybe a slightly different exhibition than I normally might do. Um, it's showing, I have kind of, a, I say that I have a two sides to my practice. Uh, one which is normally a studio-based making practice. Um, For those who don't know what that means? It means that I sit in my studio and I make things. <laughs> It's like the basic, simple way. It's very of literal. It. Yeah. Very literal. Oh, yeah. I make things that I find interesting, and I, uh, I, th I think about the world through making. That's kind of, I guess, why I make and do stuff. But then I also have a, a, a more of a social, social practice, and that's what I'm showing in this exhibition. It's like I often make works with other people, so I decided that I would show just works that I've made with other people in this exhibition. And that's over the last seven years. Oh, so it's like really a collection. Yeah, there's, well, there's some new works that, uh, that, that are very new, that are still developing. And most, a lot of the works have been ongoing. So, so they're, they're, although there's kind of 
So I think the oldest thing in here is the documentation of the Pazas Delan parties for public sculpture. And which we, is, will... we will maybe go up to that. We're sat right in the middle now, so we're, there's kind of three, four spaces, and this we're sat right in the middle, so we can move around a little bit if we like. To. Yeah, but this is a good segue because we always start this podcast with uh, situating the listener. So mm. uh, one episode was recorded here before, an uh, interview with another one of my teachers, Jenny Haile, but there we were only in this back room. Mm-hmm. And you have the whole gallery? I have the whole gallery space, yeah. So can you help um, the listener see what we see? We, we're sat in Forum Box, which is a... How do, how do I describe It's actually an artist collective or artist cooperative um, which runs the whole space. So it's run by artists for artists, I guess. It's a, it's, I guess it's called Forum Box because it's basically a big concrete box, which is probably why it sounds like we're a bit echoey in here. If you it's can like hear. old industrial space, very tall ceilings. It's quite raw and rough on the edges, even though they did make it like a white, white cube. It is quite raw. So there's raw brickwork, for example, on most of the walls, which is very hard to install things, I have to say. But painted white, though, so it's like... Yeah, yeah. it's painted white, so it still has this gallery-esque feel to it. But somebody described it maybe as being a bit more of like a... I don't know, New Yorky kind of weird thing, but I don't know about that. I would say that I've it's never been. You've so never been like know. in in like this this kind of warehousey kind of space. Yeah, but I mean, it definitely has a warehousey uh, vibe. But I guess that's also part of the history, right? Because we are right by the harbor, mm, so this exactly. is like this has been a loading dock situation. I guess so. It's uh, something, some something kind of storage like space, or and they have probably had very large doors to the street so that they could uh, load things directly in. Yeah. I assume that's part of the history. But it's also connected, it's it's a series of uh, four spaces, so there's an entrance space where you come in and that's connected to two large square boxes and then there's another space at the back called, that they call Parvi, which is like you go up some stairs and it's a long thin space. Which is where I recorded with Yeah, you. and so these these are and yeah, I have the whole space. It's actually part of I won uh, a prize, which is the Lin Nam Prize. So that, and part of the prize is that you get to do this exhibition. Congrats. Yes. Um, so, what is the exhibition called? It's called Together with, as I've all the works I've made together with somebody. <laughs> And do you have like a ballpark at the top of your head of how many works you have installed in here? It's quite a lot from what I can see, but they're quite small, many of them. And I'm not really sure how many are like collected assemblages or or like singular pieces because they're a little like clustered. They are... um, uh, It's hard to say. So uh, there's... The space that we're sat in here has three main works, mm. although that they're kind of composed of many different things. So, and, and I think that's maybe maybe a key part of this exhibition is that it's many of the works have are not so simple to explain. They have many different parts. So many of them may be like durational, or they might exist over a period of time, or um, or 
or do something else, often involving people to do something. So I don't know where she, I don't know where where's best to start. Do you want me to? How do you, how do you normally do this? Do you normally tweak to? Well, yeah. Normally we look at the works and talk through them, like describe them, and and then okay. I ask questions and stuff. Seeing as this is quite a big collection of works and a, a lot of documentation on work processes, mm. I think some of them we might just summarize a little bit. But um, we still will try to make the visual auditive. So let, let's start with this table that is okay. right next to me. This is um, so. There's a table. Do you want me to? I'll explain what you can see. Exactly. So there's a, there's a table which is actually uh, a hollow table that's designed to act like a speaker, um, and actually it's a collection of homemade instruments. So when I say that this is, so this in itself is not necessarily the work. It's actually called Organic Sound Society, and it's a group that I began. Me and Marit Mostenen kind of decided that we wanted to have a band, even though that we um, neither of us are musically trained, or we could say that we're unskilled. Um, um, and it kind of developed from there, and we decided that we wanted to play sound together. Mm. So we've been making actually the, it, this has kind of co coalesced together over the last four years, I guess, and it's kind of come now. Within the last year, we've become more formalized and become the Organic Sound Society. So we've kind of formalized what we're doing, which is we just want to come together to play sound together, enjoy playing sound together. And, and it's a little bit um, like, a, it's just like recycled uh, materials. So it's like old wooden boards and an axe handle without the head and um, empty tin cans and glass jars and empty recycled bottles mm. um, and then is it like improvised uh, instruments or are they trying to be something specific they're just designed to make sound are I think we're interested in what sounds they make I think some of them are based on perhaps what an instrument might do such as there's a series of ones which have a one string attached. They might be like a one string diddly bow is kind of the closest thing. Mm. But the string the strings are actually made from wire which is stripped out of car tires, for example. And it really it's like a hillbilly band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, but then, then then that's what exists here. Now in the exhibition it's here and we've had jamming sessions at which other people can come and join us. So and I was then, about to ask like yeah. are they placed in a specific way or is it for the audience to use or the audience can use them and actually they have been using them quite mm. a lot. So as you see it here, that's just as people have left it. Yeah, okay. And um, I was sceptical if people would actually play them, but actually people have been playing them quite a lot and enjoying... You can play them if you want. Yeah, you can... so, like, it is... That one, look, that one looks really nice. It sounds terrible. <laughs> See? It's a one-string axe handle uh, with, like, a car tire uh, metal string on and then a, a tin can that has had tuna or something before. This, this is maybe a... But I feel like I should have a bow for this one. Yeah, this is maybe a better one. So you can... I thought it was cigarette butts inside the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but these are these are these are a combination of instruments that people have like combined to make other instruments.
with a grable bust. Exactly, now you're getting the idea. Okay. I feel like it's like a childhood song about a, this fox that sits in a dumpyard and plays music that yeah. I know in English. So you get the, the, there's a rough idea about... Here are some dried up lemons. <laughs> Ori oranges, definitely oranges. O oranges. So that, that's the collection of this, and then there's some there's some scores that are on, which are mainly just sets of words actually that we've been playing. At. But actually, we've not used them so much because yeah. So the what we're, I just want to keep explaining. So mm. what we're looking at is that behind this table, up against the wall, is like more instruments <coughs> and, and shelves. Then some shelves with more instruments, and and then there are these two. Uh, Stacks of paper hanging, mm. or like uh, clips. Mm. wood clips. One says combine, and one says play a poem. And there's all kinds of other things in there, like follow, and they're mainly just a set of instructions, actually. Or and some of them are one word, some of them are more descriptive. Okay, so that whole thing is like one project. Uh, yeah, I think this is this is an ongoing thing, so it won't finish mm. when this exhibition finishes. It may have been made for this exhibition, but it fits quite well in here, I think. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then on the other, like opposing wall on the other side of us. So these two are together. Maybe they lead. But it's a work that I also made with Marit Mostanen called Parts for Mori, and it's um, it was a three-stage event that took place in 2021 for the Helsinki Biennale, and it's through the Patsastelon Parties for Public Sculpture. That Zodiac, who, who, uh, and who, with Joni Karkainen and uh, Jukka Tarvainen, they, they made a, a temporary public sculpture, which was at Tölö Mati in the Tölö Bay. Oh. And it consisted, it was like these, these elements that people could climb on, and it was used for parkour dance performances. So they invited me to make a, three parties for public sculpture events, but we designed this as one thing that would continue. So it became three interconnected events. The first one was a workshop at the sculpture with children where we played the sculpture and we did other things and then they made a painting or a visual score based on what they're, like the sounds, and which is what you see here. That's the one. That, can you describe that? Yeah, it's about, um, it's about one and a half metres wide, maybe a bit wider and about one metre tall and it is on it's kind of canvas, brown canvas material and it has other pieces of fabric with hand drawings on, coloured pieces of fabric that were cut out and different drawings and each one of those were made by different children and then they arranged them into this uh, uh, score and some of them have words such as or 
pom pom pom. Yeah, it has a little bit of onomatopoeia. Yeah, exactly. And this this formed so this was a visual score, and then from that the next event we invited uh, two percussionists, uh, which were Kalle Hakosalo and Tia Toivanen. Um, and we invited them to play the visual score at the sculpture as well. Mm. So they played this visual score that the children made. They played it as many times as they wanted within two hours. And yeah, so when we say visual score and someone playing it, it's, it's literally just like a collage. We're looking at a visual collage. Yeah, it's like a painting. Some musicians have interpreted that into how would this sound if you read it as a They played score. it, yeah, they played it. I mean, this is quite a thing, I guess, playing visual scores in interpretive music. Yes, but uh, I have a broad audience, we're not all within mm. art terms, so I always explain even terms that seem self-explanatory okay. to be inclusive. Also, not everyone yeah. has English as their first language and they're listening in the tram on the way to work, they're busy. So, yeah, it's not dumbing down, it's inclusivity. I don't say it is. <laughs> I mean, uh, this was made with children, so I mean, yeah. it's like they understood what we were doing immediately, which I think is interesting. And then, so yeah, they Kala, didn't question what a visual score is; they just they just make it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it wasn't. Then we played it together. It was not an issue, so it becomes this very interesting thing wow, when you play it together. Nice. But then Kalle and Tia played it with um, timpani drums, these big drums. Mm. So they they used that and found objects, and actually they were a big inspiration. So me and me, for the Organic Sound Society. So that me and Marit kind of were so enthused by this performance. Mm. But during this performance, um, we also invited a composer to come and write it down. And as actual music notes. As music notes. So they interpreted what Kalle and Tia were playing. So uh, Stephen James Webb, uh, they interpreted that into, into notational music. Which so is... Yes. Right here on the notes stand. So then, and then from those two things, then we published both of these as a set of scores. Mm. So, so that's both the visual score, which is the inside of the cover, and then a set of notational music. Have you had anyone play the notes? Yes, and then we, it's been living ever since. So wow. the third event at this sculpture was we invited a soprano uh, opera singer to sing the score. So they sang, so Rachel McIntosh sang the score. And then since then we have had a, a what do you call it a wheel or a flute player. A flute player has played it once, and then a cellist. And just last week, last Sunday, um, we had an accordionist, Tommy Blackroth, and they played it in here. So, so we have this growing collection of interpretations of these of this music. Did you record all of these? Happening? Yes, wow. in fact. They are all playing on the radio on Friday morning in order. So there's the first performance from Kale and Tia, which is about an hour and a half long to listen to. And then the other performances, one by Rachel, uh, which is about 20 minutes, one by Anor, which is just the first half, actually, because the second half of the recording failed. So that's about eight minutes. And then Tommy's from this week, which was uh, uh, about half an hour, something like that. And That's actually, we missed the wheelo player. But you can't do everything. No. That that was a good plug. So yeah, tune Listen in. in. Tune in Friday morning if you want to hear this work. Yeah. Uh, 
in many different instruments. And of but course, of course, you, you it will already be gone by the time you listen to this as a podcast. But for the people who listen now, on the radio, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. For those who listen on the podcast, I will link to the radio, and I assume you will publish there if you publish the archive or we'll something. Do at some yeah. Point, yeah. And next to all of this on the wall is a series of documentational photos um, okay. about this, these sculpture events. Um, but so nice with this like um, multitude of translations, huh? Yeah, exactly. So it's like a, it's an ongoing interpretation project yeah. so that it continues to be interpreted. Because the, 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 we were also interested that the... Public sculpture has now disappeared. It's no longer so. It's, it was a temporary public sculpture. Mm-hmm. We were interested in these things about what a monument is, like what something is, and then could this thing continue to be reenacted and enlivened like an so it becomes monument. like an ephemeral monument? So do you feel? Do you think the essence of something persists or like uh, sustains itself and through processes like this? Or I don't know. I think it's translated. Mm. I think that's it becomes something slightly different, I guess. I guess it's the same with any process, like life. Yeah. When we die, <laughs> do we end or do we just get transformed into something else? I don't know. It's a very philosophical question. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't really want to go into life. <laughs> I didn't think that's not really what um, the work's about. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, and then I. Uh, there I could is this, say there's a video over there. Yeah. There's a video over there, and it can be difficult to describe video works with headphones on a podcast. But uh, there are items on the table. I can. Ex- it is a video workshop actually okay. that I made with my daughter when she was seven years old, and the video workshop is to make. Um, Models for public sculptures, for new public sculptures, and it okay. was also oh, like uh, little, uh, like small models. Yeah, so it's a mo- so, and this is this has been taken up, so it's been used a lot in Japan. I found out the other day that uh, apparently there's a, an architecture school in Japan that has found this video and it's been using it quite a lot to make Amazing! <laughs> wow, you're teaching in Japan! <laughs> well, it's online, the video, as well, but it kind of it kind of fits with a lot of stuff uh, that it, I've been doing, so it also connects to the sculptures that are at the top. It's like little cardboard uh, structures, glued cardboard and recycled, like, uh, egg trays and toilet rolls and stuff to form little sculptures. Mm. The video is an animation, and it has it has a conversation with with me and my daughter. It's very cute. Yeah. Uh, about how you might make art or public art, and what public sculptures sculpture is. Did you used to work with kids before you had your own, or is it something that came like when you anyway talk with children every day at home? You start like incorporating it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always taught. Mm different levels I mean university students are they kids? <laughs> some of them <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know I, I, yeah I, I've I've worked with children quite a lot okay and I guess it, it also connects up up on the top space here is a 
the series of sculptures that you can see. I don't know if we go up there or not. We can, we can move up there, but I think maybe the last big part of this room is obviously like the radio in the well, room. Well, actually, well, well uh, this has been moved into this space, so it's normally in the other space. Okay. But we moved into this space because for, for this, yeah. Wow. Because it, it's, <laughs> well, it's also, it's a mobile radio station, so we can move it around. So it's designed so that it can be moved around. But we put it in this space because then we can easily access all the other spaces. Exactly, and look around. But also, I just thought that maybe for my listeners, can you just mm. explain what this piece is, this radio thing? Yeah. So it's, um, well, what we're, we're set up with now is just two microphones, a mixer and a laptop, and which is basically the, mo the Metan headphones, and Eerie, of course, who's sat here, <laughs> uh, mixing, mixing this and making it ready, allowing it to go to broadcast. But the whole thing is designed so that it's, it can fit into a bicycle trailer and that it's really easy to use. It all works off batteries, so we can broadcast for probably, we think, between four and six hours outside from anywhere um, onto the internet. You think you didn't test we it? Haven't, we, we have tested outside, but it was so cold on Saturday that we lasted about an hour and a half, <laughs> and then we had to come in. You lasted, the gear was No, okay. we lasted, yeah. The yeah. gear was fine. Okay, because actually the gear is not so happy about the cold either. No, it wasn't so happy when we brought it in. It was a bit... Batteries bad. tend to discharge yeah, a lot quicker when it's cold. Exactly. You need to like hold them under your armpits to keep them warm or bring a lot extra. Yeah. But I mean, in theory, in theory it can broadcast. Okay, so it is... Now, wheeling. Bringing the, the mobile radio, which is a bicycle with a tiny little cargo uh, trailer, uh, on trailer on the back. It looks cute. It looks like a children's uh, cargo thing. It has this cute uh, flag and this like really tall, thin pole, and a yellow uh, trailer cover. And so this is what you you bike around with the radio in this. Yeah, and you will see in the other room actually. So it has this stuff, and then it also has a, a homemade like boombox PA system, which is also powered uh, by. External noise coming there. So there, yeah, we have. So then, and that also is designed to go in into the back of this trailer, so you can borrow okay. the other thing, and and also a wall hanging that was made by Timo Weitinen. what? A wall hanging, a fabric. Okay, um, so like a backdrop. Yeah, so it's designed as a windbreak or something uh -huh. that you can put up, or or like a. Uh, a big blanket that you could sit on if you want to put it on the grass. So it's big enough, it's like two and a half meters by two and a half meters. So you can use it, it's designed that you could use it for many other things and also to wrap the equipment in if we want to. That's really smart. So there, that's, that's what we have. And it's also, it's designed, it's, this is the first iteration. So it's not my work. So that's the first thing to say. It's, it appears in my exhibition here, but it's, it's made with Samantha Lippitt. And we've made it as a community radio station. So beyond this, the idea is that anyone in Helsinki, is based in Helsinki, but it might go elsewhere, can borrow the equipment and broadcast for themselves. So it's really simple. We're doing a set of instructions. So anyone can work. We're working out how that happens now. So maybe it's a membership program. 
so far people have been able to just when they're in this exhibition just sit down and start doing radio right like so it has they, been yeah they can do it if they it's i mean because we've had to schedule stuff yeah yeah but there has been open has, slots there has where, been open slots that where people could just like uh, turn up try and do it something. Out. exactly yeah. and so this is uh, when i asked james if uh, he wanted to be on the podcast he said yes if we can make it as a crossover episode and do it live on radio and i said yeah sure i've been waiting for a crossover episode since ages so <laughs> happy could finally happen <laughs> yes crossover yeah it's cool right i have it's another cool. uh, standing appointment with one in copenhagen with another podcast Mm. Mm. Podcast uh, or a radio? Because we've just—that's um, a podcast. Uh, but she used to run a radio station. Where online? Do you know which one? Because we we have the Lake Radio. Yep. Red transmissions. The Lake Radio, who are based in Copenhagen, mm. they are doing a radio takeover on Friday. Mm. So we've been also like we've been interviewing other radio stations, community radio stations, about what they do and why they do it. Yeah, she used to run, uh, it's Elizabeth Torres, Madame Never Stop. She used to run Red Transmissions, which is mm. now a podcast, but it used to be like a community radio. But mm. she also runs a gallery and like is publishing, and so she got too busy to have the radio schedule. Great. Yeah. Super. Uh, but okay, so yeah, so this is. But I, I want, can I do another plug? Yeah. Just of because, course. because this is, well, it's. Because it, it is a, it's a, a community radio station, it's new. We're just work, working out what this can be. So if anyone's interested in getting involved in it, like please just get in contact. The address, the it's hello at ooradio.live. That's the email address. What dot? Isn't there like an a? At at ooradio.live. Yeah. Hello at. Okay. Um, or you can find it on the website, which is oooradio.live. And we will also add links in the show notes. Yeah, so you can have a look. And we will also have a discussion on Sunday, if for anyone that wants to come, and discussion about like what what will be the future of OOO Radio. So if people want to get involved in running or contributing or just interested in how it works, come and say hello and talk. Will it be here? Yes, it will be in Forum Box. Yeah, so a great new uh, radio initiative. Mm. Uh, and has people used it a lot in the exhibition? It's been used every day. Mm-hmm. So we've been scheduling stuff. So we've had live content. We've been interviewing people whilst modeling with clay, doing portraits with clay at the same time. So we've had those. We also had a series of open submissions. We had eight really nice works from other artists in and around from some from Finland some from elsewhere yesterday for example we were in Tulka Kaila's studio uh, and he did a one hour performance of cosmic weather sounds which was really beautiful mm. we just received a tape today from Rita Ikonen who sent uh, a sound postcard from the USA and it's a, a recording device with instructions for postal workers to record their own messages and we have to play we're going to play this at some point so there's, there's these kinds of things and then uh, some of the other submissions are really beautiful experimental sound and drone and all kinds of stuff like that it's great. And it's online radio but it is live online radio so you cannot listen back to a backlog right as of now not yet we are, that's one of the things we're deciding what to do is how we archive 
what we archive and how we archive, and that's a very interesting. Thing. Whoa! So somebody's playing with the light. Okay, so the the tube lights in this room are super white, but they just turned yellow for a moment, like the sun came up. And now they became white again. Now they're yellow. Oh my god, it's like white, the sun white. is blending in and out. I've just noticed that the spotlights aren't on there. But it's, that was amazing. And now the lights turn off in half of the gallery and on again. <laughs> Someone is playing with a light panel. Somebody's playing with the lights. Somebody's playing with the lights. Yeah. We're having we're having a, a lighting. There was a light show for a moment. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> James is investigating the situation. <laughs> okay. We had a little lighting show. That was amazing. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, now the spots are up. Even more light. <laughs> the last episode I recorded, suddenly there was this low, long humming tone in the room, and like not in this space, but where I recorded last time, we also stopped. Like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> Amazing. Okay, back on track. Um, <laughs> so, do you know how many are listening at any given time? Not, not while, we, only afterwards. Okay, so we don't know how many is listening live now. Lights. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting thing about live radio, no? that you might be talking to no one. Mm. Or just one person. <laughs> or just one person. Yeah, that's really There's, intimate, we, no? If we you have one listener. Yeah, with the, the yeah. Sædisfjörder, who's another radio station that's based in Iceland, and they... Uh, Lasse, who he he makes radio programs for one person, so you which can I think is really beautiful. No, but they're made specifically for one person. For, so that person tells that person to tune in, and then if other people tune in, it's like it's great. I wow. think isn't that beautiful? Yes. Okay. Isn't that such a beautiful thing? That is. <laughs> okay, we will add a lot of links in this uh, <laughs> in this week's show notes. <laughs> Um, let's uh, move on in, Wait, in the space. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Where would you like to go? So, um, did, you, did you say there were more about public sculptures up there? There's and and in this space here. So this. So uh, do you maybe we want to explain the concept to the listener because now it was just like name dropped before, and then we talked a little bit about yeah. it. But it's an ongoing event series, right? Like a long which, project. Uh, which one are you talking about? The uh, parties, parties for public yeah. sculpture. Yeah, it's an ongoing um, event series. So I started off in two thousand and. 17, 18, I can't remember now. Um, so it's about six, seven years old, and uh, we've, I've done 14 events with people or editions. Each one I invite an artist to work with me to make a new work for, for an existing public sculpture. And what does that mean? It means that. Um, yeah, should we just go and look in, at it? In, in a minute, mate. yeah. Or what we? our producer is like, 
pointing to the documentation of previous parties. Well, let, 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 let me explain and then yeah, we go exactly. up there. And then I think... So, yeah, it means that um, I invite an artist to work with me to make something. And we, the premise is that it starts off or it begins or the... The idea starts from an existing public sculpture. That's a, a public sculpture that is already in public space. Like a permanent work. Yes. Yeah. But as, as artists are artists, they like to bend the rules. So we have had one which was uh, trying to make a bridge. So Tuomas um, Toivonen and Nene Tsuboy, they they decided that they wanted to inaugurate a part of a bridge, the Hakaniemi Bridge, as a public sculpture. That had not been built yet? No, it's the one that's being torn down now. Ah, okay. And actually they have, as a result of that, so they, they, they so for example, so that's a good example, I'll explain the process of that one. So I invited Nene and, uh, and Tuomas to, to work with me to make something and then said okay I'm interested in what you do let's make something together and then we think about a public sculpture together and they came back and said actually we've been we've been interested in this bridge which is near Kultori Sauna which they run um, and it's it was one of it's one of the first concrete structures in Finland um, and they decided that they wanted to inaugurate one of the columns which are very specific which hold up <laughs> hold up the bridge that the, um, they wanted to inaugurate one of those as a public sculpture and actually okay. it initiated one just one column how did they choose which one They chose one, and then the inauguration was they went by boat, and it was in the middle of the water, so they went by boat. And yeah, this is by the harbour, really close yeah. to where I live. They went by boat with musicians in the boat, and they it performatively measured the column and made a drawing of it, and uh, and then talked, spoke about the process and what they wanted to do with it. And as as I don't, it's kind of started a process that actually one of the columns might be coming to be a public sculpture outside of Kultori Sauna. I asked, I asked them the other day if it was going to happen and all they said was, maybe we're still column curious. So <laughs> That's nice. I think, yeah. So that was like a little bit of a, a, a rebellious ver yeah, version. version. So what is a more standard uh, format? Um, a more standard format might be... In a park, for instance? Yeah, I invited Okko, who are a jazz band, and they decided to make... They wanted to work with a sculpture by Laila Pullinen called Daughter of the Baltic, and um, they then made a performance. They rescored actually, the Moomin songs and made a jazz performance on the, that one, partly because... That particular sculpture also has an earthwork, which is is has like waves, so they were interested in performing in in amongst the earthwork. So they made this performance live at the sculpture, something like that. So some of them are events, and, and some of them, another one of them has been a book uh, with Mikko Kuorinki. and that evolved actually about bumping into him in a public sauna and talking about a particular public sculpture oh. which was outside of the ice hall here, Yahali. Um 
and it's not listed as a public sculpture because it was made by the architect of the building who just decided he wanted to make it. Let's, let's put a little gallery yeah, yeah, yeah. figure in front of my wonderful yeah. architectural this, masterpiece it, here. Exactly. <laughs> it's he, like he, really like, I want to make sculpture. Let's like put this here. The most expensive cars have a tiny sculpture in the front, so... <laughs> exactly. This is what he did. <laughs> so then, so we, we had planned to do a, a pop-up exhibition in the park, because it's in a parking lot as well, yeah, okay. outside the front. So we thought that that would be one of the works in a pop-up exhibition. But that also happened during the COVID lockdown. Mm. It became really complicated. And so then it evolved into a, a book, an exhibition in the form of a book, actually, about okay. this thing. Yeah. And so, so it's always like site-specific and, and related to that specific sculpture? It's related to that particular sculpture. So we choose a sculpture and we say that that can act as a starting point or a frame or a reference to, to making a new work. Now, that's the, the biggest... The, so it's kind of expanded as the years have gone on to be to encompass more things to say actually we can do something very different but we can use this public sculpture as the beginning point for what we want to do together nice then i think now should we go up there yeah i will just you grab need a to hold water. This yeah i will hold one mic in one hand and one in the other we're doing double recording setup so i have my handheld task cameras normally and then we have also microphones for the radio so, uh, but they have really long cords, so we can actually bring them up the stairs. Right then. Okay. Let's see. Thank you. Right. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Can you... Uh, oh, there's a little lot uh, of spaghetti on my cord. Thank you. I don't. I'm not speaking into any of the mics now. <laughs> I'm all mic'd up, fully mic'd up. Now we're in the most echoey space in the whole. This is where I did with Jenny, and I was standing up with this in my hand the whole time because hers was like this long, long table. We had to stand around and walk around. But true, it's it's long and narrow this space, and as you can hear, it very churchy. Yeah. And so, so here are the little cardboard sculptures from your video before. No, they're not from the video. No. This one is from the video. This one appeared in the video. Yeah. So I, I, I said that they were linked. So they are. Um, so up here, let's start. So I start before we go to those because this is we, we were talking about the parties for public sculptures. Yes. So surround. So I got here, distracted then, by what was yeah. in front of me. <laughs> this, this we have. Um, they're all documented round the walls here, and with the leaflet that we, each one we make a leaflet, which is normally handed out in public space, so people understand what's going on. Mm. So, which has information about the artists and about the sculptures actually themselves, just a little bit. So, it's also one of the things was being bringing bringing new attention to these these sculptures to to reappraise them, perhaps because many of them. I think many of their meanings change over time. It's like these things that you look at every day, they're right in front of you, so you kind of forget that they're there. Exactly. Or why, so these old bronze sculptures and stuff, and people just, like people living in the park. You know, there's exactly. one in Copenhagen, Echo, in a park, mm. and she's hidden inside the big rhododendron bushes and stuff. Yeah. So she is almost actually impossible to find because she's a pretty small sculpture. Exactly. But she's like reaching her arms out and like, 
Yeah. So these are ma- there are many examples of this. So, for example, the last one we did was in regarding Cattle Library, which many people don't even know there's a public sculpture in the top of the library. Oh, yeah. So right I at the see. top there is... There is I a, saw the beautiful uh, winding staircase. Yeah, and right at the top of this there's a sculpture by uh, Weinar Alten. Yeah, I'm a little bit, like, entangled in all this. It's fine. <laughs> Weinar Alten was moved there because it was being vandalised outside. So, and, uh, so it was so moved there. This is why it's placed so funnily almost yeah, in the staircase but construction. Then we did a, a performance with uh, Copenhagen-based composer James Black and they did an amazing performance there. Well, originally, it was these. Uh, there was the last two were supposed to be, they were sound-related. So there was one in Malmö just before that, which was on headphones. Mm. And it was a collective listening experience at uh, a sculpture which is situated in a silent park. So I wanted to double this with something in a library. So this this sculpture in a library. So these I suggested are the silent these. Parties. Yeah, but then James decided that they they wanted to do this, but they didn't want to do it silent. They wanted to do something very loud. <laughs> so we ended up doing an extremely loud performance in a library. And on one of these photos, they are lying on the floor as if they had fallen down from the stairs almost, or from the music. That was or... the end of the performance. Yeah, okay. So it ended with James lying on the floor. And all these like papers and notes around Yeah, them. people had written notes about stuff mm. and, and, and through, during the performance, in these beautiful sections. It was a, it was a lot about death, actually, so... Mm. Um, and grief and going through grief. The sculpture is called Wader. So he was. So James was talking a lot. They were thinking about wading through grief and through books and all kinds of. There's lots of metaphors going on through various mm. other things. So what we're literally looking at now for the audience is on on the walls around on three adjacent walls. There are like documentational photos of these different events and then colorful little uh, printouts with with these. Uh, this info things about so like with graphic design and everything made for each individual event right yes there is so there's these there's a leaflet for each event and then there's at least three photographs printed out from each one from documentation from the events and all of these photos we're talking about now and before they're not that big the largest here they are a3 a3 A3, and some of them are like a5 and the ones downstairs we talked about before, documentation, they're also not so A5, big. So, so it, the walls are really massive. You could have hung super big things if you wanted. Uh, yeah, I could have done. So what is the, the choice of having, like, um, people really need to go very close to... In- um, I'm... There's not very many monumental things in here. They're monumental in different ways, exactly. but they talk about monuments, and I can think. I think there's a lot more about an intimacy going on. Yeah, so you have and to go intimacy. really close yeah, to the tiny monuments here. Exactly. I mean, it's even the workshop I did with my daughter was about making monuments, but they're small, handheld mm. things. And you'll see in many of the other things they're kind of related. These sculptures that you just mentioned that you from the video. Shall I explain what those are now? Because those are also... Are we, are we finished with them? I don't know. I've, what do you think? It's your project. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to ask about them? Uh, the like, it's an ongoing series, right? Yeah. So how often do these events take place? I've done 14 in six years. So not that often? I would say two or three a year maximum. Last, last year I did two, I haven't done any this year. 
Um, the last one I did was last November, so that's a year ago. The reason why I haven't done any this year is just being too busy, yeah. and all of them I am quite strict with these that I don't do them unless I can pay people, so everybody gets paid. So you need funding for you each one? You need funding, and that's everybody. That's not just myself. That's if we're, are we, to, It's important that people get paid, that the artists get paid, that the photographers get paid, that I get paid, so that, every, that the money gets paid for doing that. And that was my, for this particular project, it's very clear. And so how do you get the funding? Like, who pays? I have to I have to apply for the funding yeah. from different places. Conair Satya, the Conair Foundation, were the first people that funded it. Mm -hmm. And then it's had bits of funding from other places, like Taike, which is the Finnish uh, arts support. What's the... I'm going to get told off now, because it's... <laughs> I should know this. <laughs> they they uh, they supported um, this for some, and then I've had other support. Cultural Foundation it. is that what it's called? It's not Finnish the cultural cultural? No, it's no. not. Anyway, there are a few large bodies of like uh, funding here. So those it's it's like for each one, and that's why I've not done any more this year. And do they like support one event or a series? So these two, the, the last two, the one in Malmo and Copenhagen, were supported through uh, Nordic Culture Point. So mm. there's it's Step Up, I think it's called, or something like that. So they supported two events. So that was to work with other. So I did one event in Malmo, um, and then we invited a, a, like another Nordic artist to do one here. So yeah, that was yeah, why sure. James came here. So, so they, like those those could be supported through something like that. Yeah. So it really depends on the events, and I think. Um, There will be more. I don't want to say it's over, but also they're, they're quite intensive to do. How, how do you choose the artist and how long time is the production from you tell the artist that you want them to do this? Like, then they start doing this work, but... It depends. Okay. Um, I now normally just choose people I want to work with. Yeah. That I'm interested in working with. And I think it's become more of a collaborative process as they've gone on. So and I come up with some idea or like then we start to fire things backwards and forwards about what something might be. Um, and I think that's, yeah, as I said, it's become, become more open as to what they could be. And then how long is the pre-production? It can be anything. I think the normally three to six months. Oh, okay, so it's also like... Normally, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's tough to do it on smaller than that just because it takes time to think about things. And yeah, yeah, sure. And if it's conversation-based and, and, like, ideas mm. being bounced around. And normally, yeah, normally so that, that that's the contact from being in contact with people saying yes and then through to... Then normally it gets more intensive the closer you get. Sure. Okay, then now we have definitely talked a lot about the yeah, sculpture parties. But now um, we also we stood in front of you, thought these were the sculptures from the video. Well, They mean, are not. One or two of them are, right? They appear in the videos. They appear in the videos, yeah, okay. I but one in this series appears in the video, maybe. What? No, two of them out yeah, of this appear in the video. Yeah, exactly. They became characters, they appear in the animation, but these are a series of sculptures that I made with my daughter during the COVID-19 lockdown. Mm. 
and they're very important to me um, because they completely changed my approach to making. From so that's I'm uh, they and they're some of the mo- my favourite things I've ever made. So wow. that's why they're very important to me. Can you explain how they look? They look very homemade. They they are made out of household materials. So often it's like packaging materials or bits of old wood that I might have had hanging around. I, I mean, I I'm a I, I ha- I'm the kind of person that has bits of old wood hanging around the house. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not well, everybody always, does. Always save old boards I don't need. And, and but then, so these, these, uh, so this was like when we couldn't leave the house, and my my daughter asked me to teach her to make sculpture, and I refused and said no. But we can make stuff together. So this is how it began, and then we started making a sculpture a day for about the first month or something, and. I kept most of them, and they, they're a mixture of... Sometimes I did more of them, sometimes she did more of them, but often we worked together on them, and just... So they were... We had conversations while we were making, so they're very close to me, but they're... Um, but I also think they're really fresh. They, as Sculpturally, I think they're really interesting. And they, like, they do have some coherency in the aesthetics and size yeah. and everything. There's one bigger one on the floor... But otherwise, there are 12 on the table, and they're all approximately the same size. I would say, yeah, they're about maximum 30, 40 centimeters tall. Some between, between, yeah, probably 25 and 40 centimeters tall. There's a couple that are maybe slightly taller because they're on sticks. And they're um, figurative, but also like yeah. um, abstracted, or what? Yeah, I think they have figuration in them. But I think this is why they're really important to me sculpturally. I think they explore figuration and abstraction. And they completely... They enabled me to look at things in a completely fresh way. And that's mainly because of my daughter's approach to doing things and mm-hmm. just saying, let's put this here. And I'm like, why would you do that? But then it, it's amazing. It feels right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the thing. And then realizing like that's... And for me, they're, they're, they're very fresh. So to describe a couple of them, there's a lot of uh, cardboard toilet roll tubes and household paper tubes, pizza boxes. Most of them have been painted on maybe a little bit. But it's curious for me that um, they're made by a child, but the colors are very, like, they're not very strong. They're it's, not very strong, did you no, say? No, like, so there are a few, like, oh, really? strong... really? What about this? Yeah, they're... There's pinks and there's reds and greens. And okay, but the pink is like super diluted yeah, with white. It's super like pastella pink, and the green is like a dark. I am seeing them probably. Have you seen what children normally make? Yeah, of course. This is like, this is, you know, this is not like strong in the eyes. This is really. There's a lot of white. There's a lot of brown. It's not primary colors. I'm just saying, I'm like, it, it's I very... Pa- I painted, see, this, it's a collaboration. I yes. painted out all the colour with white. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an observation. Uh, it, that, like, I don't know, I have, it's, it's not often that you see 13 children's sculptures and that they are like... Mm-hmm. M- m- but I guess it depends what, we, what you start with. Yeah, if you put like a lot of paint on the table, maybe the paint will be used more. Mm. You did not put a lot of paint on the table. 
Maybe, no, but I, I mean, uh, the things are, they're, they're, they are, uh, I wouldn't say that I directed any of these. No. They're, they're like a, a combination. So this one, I don't know, like this, this one, or one of these. This one is a potato sack. Small okay. potato sack that has, then has tubes through it. So I decided I wanted to put the tubes through it, and she decided she wanted to put it on a stick. And we painted it. We painted it white, but then it got painted with pinks and yellows and greens. I think mm. in different places. And then we decided that we didn't like the yellows and greens, and so you painted it all, all so, with so white she again. painted. I wanted to paint mm. over it with white again, but decided to leave the tubes not and, unpainted. And the colors are like bleeding through the white a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how it ended up like this. And now it looks a bit like someone is wearing a white hood and then have very protruding. Yeah, you eyes. can see through it as well. You, and you can see through can the see holes, through the, eyes. Holes, the, the, the tubes go right the way through it. That's nice. So you could look at each other in the yeah, eyes that's it. through so we a could, sculpture. We decided that it would be kind of nice that we could look at each other while we were making it through this. <laughs> so these kinds of combinations of stuff. Wow. And these ones we decided we decided that they were we wanted to do them like they were dancing. Oh, so it's so two like. Uh, there's actually three. There's a smaller one. Okay. Back. They're like a family. So it's like two larger uh, toilet paper rolls or kitchen rolls, and then a, a smaller one, and they're kind of like beat up or bent a Crushed. little bit. So they have like a bit of of bodily shape to them, mm. and so they're dancing. Mm. That's cute. Are you gonna ever make any of these in large scale in other more durable materials? Well, I mean, I don't think they will together, but you can see it's led on to a different project further down okay. stairs that we can go and look at. Sure. What is this piece called? Or Isolation Sculptures. Nice. That was, and it kind of developed, I just posted these online on Instagram one at a time. Mm. How, over how really long time? Two months, something like that. People got very excited about them, and I got very excited about them. <laughs> and our house got full up with them because we were. As I could imagine. Because we couldn't leave the house, and then <gasps> Hannah, and my wife, was going, "Are, are you going to keep? Where are we going to put all this? <laughs> are you going to throw them away?" And we're like, "No." So that, yeah, you can imagine it became a little gallery in our house. <laughs> But that's so great. Yeah. So this. Uh, it was. We didn't say how many of them. I, I, I'm, I'm there's like I think there's twelve or twelve or fourteen on this table, and the the table is seven seven and a half meters long. I mean, to all the parents out there, it really makes a difference if you put up your children's stuff. It could be very di uh, discouraging if you don't think it's good enough to show off. <laughs> Well, my, my, I have a sister that's like 14 years older than me, so when I was making like uh, this never-ending uh, produce of a bad children's art, my mom was like, poof, I've already had that hanging for 20 years. Don't have space in my life anymore for so much. So uh, a lot of it never really made it up. I've kind of had to shame her for it later. But now you can see, so this... Oh, okay, new room. We walk down the stairs and into another room. Like in the entrance hall. But here you can see one sculpture that maybe has been inspired a lot by this kind of stuff. Can the, you the, explain it? It's a similar size, so it's about 25 to 30 centimeters high. I, it could be fit up there with the others. And yeah, like but, you, but the difference is this is cast out of bronze. 
So it's a paper bag that has been cast out of bronze, whereas there's some other ones upstairs which are maybe paper bags that have been scrunched, brown paper and painted. This one has now been cast into bronze and it has other household rings, so rings that are cut off um, packaging material that are then held on and a ring pulled from a... Yeah, like metal rings and and this little metal... uh, What... What is this, this called from a tin, like from a? I, in English, can. it's a ring pool. So it's like the bit where you open a tin of like a can of Coke or a beer mm. or something like that. Drinks. Do, does it even have a word in Danish? Now I'm trying to. No, it doesn't have a word. I don't think in Finnish. We were no, struggling right? with this. Yeah. In so it's the little thing that you can pull off a beer can. I used to make bracelets from them when mm. I was a young punky teenager. Yeah. Okay, and so is it made from one of the paper bags from upstairs? Uh, no, no, it's a different one. So but this became a series of works. So during that time and afterwards, I'd been working in London, and this this where we stood now kind of documents that project, which is a five-year project called Things for Homes, Homes for Things, and it started with a. I was invited to put this. Yeah. Oh, I'm just putting my recorder next to the sculptures, and now it's like an extra assemblage. So the, um, I think I was invited by an organisation in Thamesmead in South London, in uh, 2018 or 19, based on the parties for public sculpture. Mm. So they invited me to come and do something. And I went there, and there was no public sculpture there at all, and it's quite a poor area of London. And then I, I was also very interested in this public-private thing. And then I got interested in why people don't have sculptures in their house. Like, most people don't have sculpture in their house. And I thought, this is a very interesting thing. So I wanted to explore this. And what I proposed... Taco said, come and do something. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? And they said, propose something. And I was like... What do you mean? Do you do you want an exhibition? Do you want a residency? Do you want a work? And they were like, propose something, which is a really refreshing thing, but also very rare for an artist to get that. Mm. So it took me about two years to <laughs> to come up with something decent. No, I think it's just like, like, okay, what do I want to do? What do I really want to do? Rather than just doing something quickly. <laughs> and then I proposed that I wanted to make a series, make sculptures and give them to people for their houses. And yeah. then we came backwards and forwards with um, the organisation of uh, that, like, what is the public element of this? So if we do this, do you want to make them their houses into galleries? And I was like, no. I'm not interested in that. So then we had this long... It's not a transaction in that way. Yeah. yeah. But then it became a longer project, and then how do we get in contact with people? I don't want to give them to artists. So that was the other thing. I don't want to give it to curators. So And then it has ended up in a five-year project. So I made a body of sculpture, but I interviewed the the people self-selected because I asked people to get involved, um, to to take part in... uh, a radio program about the stuff people have in their houses. And we did that through a community radio station in Thamesmead that Taco had set up called Radio Thamesmead. That was broadcast this morning or today? On yeah, now those, those became... So I visited about, I think, 10 people's... 12 people's houses, actually, and interviewed them in their houses with Annie May Demersay 
with another artist and we interviewed them about the stuff they had around them and then they, they, those interviews became a series of radio pro, of radio audio works for radio so it's five half an hour piece do they exist on demand somewhere they do they, they exist on demand on the rtm.fm uh, website which is another community radio But that's great because called, I wanted to hear it, but I didn't, couldn't hear it today. They're conversation pieces. They've been playing every day at 12 o'clock oh, here, okay. so in order. So I think today was episode two, I think. So episode three is tomorrow. And um, so this sculpture is part of that series, and this yeah. was actually gifted to someone then? Yeah, so I did the interviews in Thamesmead, and then I did three interviews in Helsinki. Either okay. as test interviews, but, but then I decided to give. So then I made a body of sculpture, 12 sculptures, and I gave them to the people that took part in these interviews. And how did you choose who to interview, and how did you choose which sculpture to make them or give them? They contacted us to get involved in interviews. And then uh, how did, did you make the sculptures for these specific people? No, I made a body of sculpture, and gave, then I kind of kind of chose them roughly based on my experiences of, of their house. Yeah, so you curated for what you had seen already. Yeah, and, and them. Mm. But I didn't make them specifically for them. Okay, wow. So this one normally lives with someone and yes. you borrowed it. I borrowed these two. These two live in Puertela in Helsinki and I borrowed them back. So there's a le the, the original letter which I gave them with the sculpture which explains what what it is and it's just kind of here's a sculpture it's made out of bronze bronze is made for public sculpture it's part of a series of 12 something like that can we just go a little bit technical now mm. and um, can you explain how you make a bronze cast of a paperback uh, it took me about four months to do okay was it difficult <laughs> yes it's really difficult but uh, maybe just back to basics and what even is a bronze sculpture or like how do you make something like that You put, first, you have to make molds of that. And that's, so you have to make a negative of the, the object. So, but obviously, a paper bag is very hard because it's very soft. So you first, you have to strengthen the paper bag. So first, I've, been, I've painted this with gesso, which is like a primer for paint because it's quite good. And, I painted, and then spray-painted the surface and then varnished it and then, in, then reinforce the inside with sticks. So actually you made the paperback a sculpture in itself? Yeah, and then from that then I took a mold with silicon and from then you reinforce that with plaster on the outside and then you, you remove the paper bag and then you have the negative space and then you have to make that into wax. So then you pour wax into it and you make the wax which will be about five millimeters five to seven millimeters thick so it's hollow then mm. and then from that then you have to make your mold for you make the mold out of plaster or concrete there's lots of different ways that I use different I think I use ceramic shell maybe for this one or was this one plaster it might have been plaster or, or was this that no, might be sand actually sand or resin but then you make that and then you have to heat the heat the wax away and then the wax comes away and it leaves a hole in the middle and, uh, and, and the hole the hole then then you can pour then you have to melt bronze which melts at about 1200 degrees celsius and you melt the bronze and then pour it into the hole and, and then it hardens and, it, and dries then it cools down and then also a lot of 
material translation and and um, translation in negative, positive space and shape mm. to make a sculpture like this, huh? Yeah, it's a lot. It's, I mean, instead of just putting the paperback here, you have kind of recreated the paperback as a positive and negative, like, I don't know how many times, but... Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, and so I understand it takes four months, even though it's not, it's not very big, it's what, 15, 20 centimeters tall, maximum? Yeah. Like the actual casting. Is it expensive? This is a rather small sculpture and it's hollow, so it's fairly thin, the bronze. Is it pricey? What, the material? Yeah, to make a sculpture this size? I don't know. I, I can tell you exactly. It probably takes about something three to five hundred euros in money to make. This one sculpture? Yeah. So that's Maybe money. Maybe slightly less. Three to five hundred euros is... Something just material cost. Yeah, maybe a bit less. So it depends because it, it's it's not so easy to say because we, we cast a lot of them. So then I've got yeah, yeah, sure. a chunk of bronze and scrap bronze and other stuff. So the bronze is, the price of bronze has gone up a lot as well. But I mean, it's not cheap. It's it's kind of an insane project to make to spend <laughs> six months six months making something and then give it away. No, it's beautiful. But also not all of these sculptures were bronze castings, right? Which ones? The like in the series? Yeah, bronze or aluminium, but mainly bronze. Okay, yeah. they were all, wow. So then there's, this is, there's a big printout here of one of them as well. That's the most monumental thing in the exhibition. It's this black and white uh, big printout. Uh, it's like of one of the sculptures. a meter wide and a meter and a half tall. This yeah. black and white print, it's very... Uh, Old fungies, artsy, the look, yeah. Those from from the book, so that we yeah, made okay. the book, and all, all of them were photographed like that. They're like little portraits in a book. Yeah, I, I'm a bit sad. I never managed to take any of the ca casting uh, courses in Cuba it's in a, school. It's but a funny thing. Yeah, I know. And like when you do it in the sculpture courtyard, and everyone are with the big suits and stuff, and like together pouring. The more like liquid bronze it's very performative it looks like a theater play yeah. and we can stand on like the outside balcony kind of of the sculpture yeah. and look at it yeah. it's nice yes uh, so do you want to step into the last room the last room yes we haven't spoken about that one that's like a is it important yeah kind of okay it's kind of an extension so this is like it was made last year because it responds to this my experiences of giving these to people and it being a very awkward transaction and people were like... What? Was it awkward? Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's awkward to give something that they don't necessarily want. It's like, here's a sculpture. And, it's, and, and it like, cost me oh, 500 to, euros and, and four they, months to like, make. Do I have to keep this? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, that's the deal. <laughs> you have to keep it. So then I thought maybe people would want to keep something more if they didn't have to keep it. Okay. So then we made, I made a collective sculpture. And so, yeah. I, wait, let, but you can't talk like that because we can't hear it in my recorder. Ah, sorry. Yeah. So then um, I made a collective sculpture, which is this one. It's called the Malmo Monument. And this is a test cast. So this was made in a workshop in uh, last year in Malmo in Sweden. And we made this sculpture together, six people together. And... Then I made six copies of it. And, so and can you just describe it to the no. listeners? 
You know? It's so weird. Don't you think? I'm not sure I can describe this You're object. You're a visual artist. You I know. I know. Okay, it's about, it's about 25, 30 cent, 25 centimeters high. This one is pink. It's, it matches your shirt. No, yeah, thanks. Um, it's but it's, it's, it's kind of it's, it's, it's a bag. <laughs> It's my favorite color. It's and it's like it's kind of a figure, maybe, is the closest thing I could say that it's maybe has a lot of boobs. Maybe boobs, but there are also tongues that are coming out or of those arms, arms or arms are hugging round. Maybe and then this top part here, there's a no, definitely a nose there. Is then. it a chandelier? As a, this, this I think was made because one person wanted to put a candle in it yeah. so it has this this possibility so there is no head, there is an empty gap for yeah. a candle yeah and I think these were originally made somebody wanted, made them so that you could put water in them so oh ok so, so they like kind of like hollowed little, out so it's a little a fountain way. situation maybe and then it, it has like these huggy hands underneath it's not that big, how do you make the six people do you all just like Put we, your hands we, in there and start like yeah, squeezing we, well, clay. Well, we made it and then we made it and we we uh, we passed it on to the next person and we carried on passing it round till we were happy with what it was. Sitting in, around it at the around, same time. Sitting around a table talking about monuments and sculptures and stuff like this. And what's the material? It was made out of clay, but this is cast in jesmonite. I don't know what that is. It's like a, an acrylic plaster. Okay. Um, and so this was a test cast that's slightly wrong can I but touch it? you can touch it and there is um, and the, these so then this these there was six copies made one for every person that took part in the workshop and those were um, those were uh, then given to them and then the, with a with a a contract or a note and the note says that you you can have this sculpture for one month and then you have to give it on to somebody else and oh, so, so it's, it's like, like a chain sculpture so ah. it's travelling around people's houses and so they each have different colours but who chose the colours? when they came, they were in an exhibition and they came to pick them up from the exhibition and they should choose which one they wanted okay. and that's how and then, until the last one was there and then the, whoever came last had what was left what was left? I can't remember now. I think I think the pink one. And you got that one? No, this this is a test one because it went wrong slightly. Oh, okay. It's a bit missing off the toe here. And so we are looking at small photos of these sculptures in people's homes. So some have put them yeah. in the window pane, like and so some, then, yeah, and some then on I've a asked. shelf next to a record player. Some on the like kitchen dining table. One is on a toilet on the bathroom but that's just for the picture that's, right well no it came with a little note so I asked people to send a photograph to me in their house so it has this this contract it says you can give it to somebody else please send a photograph in, in your house mm. before you send it on so these photographs arrive to me every now and then they and just arrive in my ongoing? inbox yeah it's just ongoing they're going continually moving that's amazing do you know how far some of them travel well I, they've kind of kind of disappeared I know one, at least one is in Copenhagen now okay but uh, I don't know how far it's going or what's happening. They've slowed down a bit. One person got in contact and said, sorry, I've had this for a bit longer than I was supposed to. And I think they'd have had it, had it for like five months. So, because that was like the first photograph I'd had of it. So maybe it's... But the one with the toilet came with a note and a drawing, a drawing of a rat, because they said that 
Malmö is the rat capital of Europe and they came home and found a rat in their toilet and now the sculpture has been used as a weight to stop the rats coming out of the toilet. Oh, because they're afraid of the rats climbing out of the toilet. Yeah, yeah okay. So that's why it's on the toilet. That's fun. Mm. And so when did this project uh, begin? Uh, uh, last August. Oh, so it's fairly new. Fairly new. So these these are these are still continuing. So yeah. like it has only been like a bit more than a year, a year and a half almost. Yeah. Okay. And we just made a new one for Helsinki. There was a workshop here, so we've made one. It's so you're like there. sending out a new batch? Yeah, but we've decided collectively it's, it, we, there's just going to be one of them and actually it's going to be a candle and that you okay. can burn and it will exist for as long as the candle burns. Oh, okay. So then it will travel around and people can choose how much they burn it. I mean, it's a bit like when I was a child, um, the oceans were still... Uh, we weren't so worried about the trash yet as we are now so that's when we still send bottle letters yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. I have sent bottle letters in the magic thought of a child on the other side of the road picking this up and reading my letter in Danish yeah hi Doa we're on the radio we're on the radio Say hello if you like. Hey, radio people. <laughs> this is Dora, my classmate. <laughs> But we should. We, we think we need to finish. Yeah, we need to finish. Come in here quickly, this is the last room. This is this is the one. This oh, is the what house. is what is it called? The project we just saw. Malmo Monument. Okay. And this is like this is now the Helsinki. I've changed the name to Nomadic Monument because they're moving around. So this is the one that we've made together here. It's very different. It's a crazy face. It's a crazy head. It's so a crazy, crazy head. three-faced head. Oh, okay. And you can see it's, it's very almost head size. It's a bit smaller than an actual head, but it's and it's standing on. Okay, so the three sculptures we talked about before, maybe we forgot to say, they're standing on white pedestals, like very museum-style podiums. But this one is standing on like this little. What is it called? A cavalet. Cavalet and um, it's like a metal stand with legs that you can spin the top round. In more explanatory terms, like a little spinning uh, clay thing. Like yeah. it's a it's what you use for making clay. So it's this uh, tripod stand that spins in the top. Yeah. And there is this head on it that spins around. And the, the clay looks wet. Is it all fresh? It's it, it was done about a week and a half ago. So mm. it's drying gradually. I'm going to make a, a a cast out of this from silicon. Okay. Soon, so it needs to dry a little bit to make it hard enough to be able to do that. So it's been drying very gradually. Is it like a fairy tale troll thing? Well, it was a mixture. There was kids here and adults, and we decided that we we'd start by just making um, one feature each and each, and then add it to the head, and then it became then then we just. It just went wild, actually. So it was a really big nose you touched there before. And, and they, then they, were very, they were very happy with this. Um, I think it's a crazy, crazy piece. And some of them, it has um, like these almost long fingernails coming out of the eyes. and It's very disturbing in some ways. Yeah. But this will be a, a candle, so, so okay. you know, it's going to be cast solidly in oh, wax. Oh, so it's going to be a massive big candle. It's going to be a massive candle with perhaps three, three parts in it. And then... The instructions will say that you can burn this for as long as you want, but then you give it on to the next... But once it's burned, it's gone. That's it. So there's this kind of performative action. Is it only going to be one, or are you going to make a series again? I think there, there will be one to start mm. with, and we see. What colour? don't know yet. Are you going to work with some local 
uh, candle maker. That's an artisan craft. I think I'm just going to do it myself. Okay, sure. <laughs> but I might ask the, the people who took part in the workshop what colour it should be. It's very satisfying to look at these videos on YouTube of people making artisan candles. candles. Did you ever check that out? No. It's recommended. So, okay, in this room there is like a selection of wacky hats on sticks mm. and uh, on, on these... Uh, uh, ceramic studio work podiums. So this this is normally where the radio is as well. So you can see. Ah, okay. There's a table here set up permanently where the radio is, and this is the hanging, the the fabric the banner hanging that we were talking about. More beautiful about. than I could have imagined. Yeah, it's multicolored and it has a series of O's. So. It's for the OOO radio ah, out of office of course. and the same with the speaker system and which it matches is the colour and the, the O's exactly the O's so that's yes. the speaker system is like uh, it's like three bubbles on top of each other almost Yeah. and then all the colours are these uh, it's very 70s yeah it is a bit 70s 70s design with like squares and colours in uh, uh, curry yellow and beautiful like uh, what is this uh, petroleum Blue, blue and orange. and like ochre orange mm. red yeah so yeah so that's that the heads here are leftovers from the two things there's workshops so i've been running a series of workshops in here called transitional modeling and it's a one hour workshop for anybody to join where people come and they model a partner on a two to make a yanus head and a yanus head is a two-faced head Oh, so yeah. it's uh, and it's based on the, the the Roman god Janus or Janus, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And Janus was. Is it the, like good on one side and evil on the other? No, one face points to the past and one points to the future. This is what it is. So he's the, uh, the Janus is the god of transitions of movement from one thing to another. So the god of corridors, gateways. Mm. So th with this thing is that you're both the subject and the object. So you're at the moving same time. at the same time. So you're modeling at the same time as being modeled. So mm. there's this movement between these different things and then you create this. And the whole thing is guided by music. So it's kind of performative. I guide it. And so people model one, uh, one feature at a time. And it Moves. So they wait, and then the other one models a feature. No, they no, do no, exactly they do it, the same. But they time. both do the nose at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, and so they have to like also work with the same clay and on the same stick. The same stick, either side of each other. Mm. Yeah, and you see some of them have three heads, three side faces. That's because there's odd people in the workshop, so they join a three. And so were they all at the same time here, or is it like one little group at a time? There's been the most we had, I think, was 11 or 12 in one go. And then most of them, we, some of them we've kept, some of them not. Okay, some, so those plastic the ones, bags over there, are they like people's wet faces? Clay, in they're, yeah, they're chopped up wet oh clay God. in there. But some of the other ones here as well that we've kept, there's quite a few. We've also been doing interviews with people on the radio where we've been interviewing at the same time as modelling each other. Mm. Those, so this one, I think, is my neighbour, Lena. And me on the other side, so I modelled Lena while we were talking actually about death. Mm. So we had a long conversation about death and it was really beautiful and it was quite intimate because also you sat with headphones on and you're modelling somebody. Yeah, well. So that's this room and that's kind of the exhibition maybe. Yeah, let's go back and sit uh, where we came from. Finish. Well, almost. Uh, 
going, I'm going to go the right way do with the cords here. You have, do you want to ask anything? Yeah, so now we're going to... So now we're going to wrap up. Mm. Um, thank you. I get my mic stand back. I've been holding everything in my hands now. For, so for a while with this recorder, I started like shaking. It's not so heavy, but when you ha- hold your hand out for a really long time. Yeah, so let's just uh, find my brain again. So it's a lot of sculpture. And There's you, a lot of stuff. But you are a sculpture, right? I'm and, not a sculpture. And sculpture teacher. Yeah, you're the one who once told me when I said, no, but I'm not a sculpture. And you were like, but you make sculptures. And I was like, no, I make like supporting structures for light installations or similar. And you're like, yes, those are sculptures. You are a sculpture. What are you talking about? That's because I'm a sculptor. I see everything as sculpture. Yeah. Like, the painting on the wall, that's a sculpture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this argument with Fergus because he's like you're making paintings and I'm like no I'm not I'm making sculptures yeah, and depends, you're making sculptures how you approach it right uh, anything can be a painting if you look at it like a painting yeah, yeah no but it, it definitely changed my own self perception of like the things that I make <laughs> but um, yeah I think it's a well-curated exhibition in the way that, like, first of all, all the works kind of fit together, even though they don't, but they still do. But also that it's all of these, like, ongoing initiatives, or what to call them? Mm, most, that's what I said before, there quite a lot of them are ongoing, I think. Yeah, and that they're, like... Even, really, if, even if you said they're documentation, there's a lot that... Like there's documentation, but they're continuing to be documented. No, but also documentation is representation of something happening elsewhere, right? So it's just that we are able to be here and see proof. There's also like we didn't talk. There's written documentation and and notes about things as well. So that is just like proof that something else in the world is happening with this. But it's all. It really is a lot about teaching other people that they are also sculptures. Oh, right. I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe. Somehow. That's or a nice allow, way to look at it. Allowing them to be, maybe. Allowing them to be, yeah. yeah. Giving people an opportunity to work as sculptures. Yeah, I think so. Or I think I just like to include people in doing things. I mean, that's what we, we were talking about before, about having, this is the social side to the practice. There's the making, and you can see I enjoy making things. Yeah. So I enjoy making things, and I think through making but I would like to in, involve other people and include people in that making because I think that they would enjoy it too and I think people should make things yeah and I think it's good to remember that some as, even though sculpture can seem like a very figurative practice with like very material based or mm. very uh, then it doesn't have to be no. it can also be like sculpting ideas uh, yeah, maybe it's just because like it's super loud with these people, so I think yeah, we really yeah. need to finish because I know that on my recording it will be hell. So, is there uh, something that I forgot to ask you that you wanted to mention or something we didn't touch so. on? No, I don't think so. We made it pretty well round, no? I think we did quite well. I think we've gone through everything, and I feel yeah. I mean, the 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 text on the walls mainly just tells you what I've told you. Yeah, exactly. Text. Yeah. 
so it's if people informative. But I think that's the thing, the works, you can look at them. For me, I think I'm happy with the exhibition because I think you can look at it on a surface level. The objects and things are interesting in themselves, but I think there's the text adds like another level to it which I think there's often a lot of other stuff that's going on with it. Yeah, can we just quickly mention this uh, hidden accidental sculpture under the stairs over there in the corner of this room? Uh, no. no. Matches your hat though. Uh, no, because that's quite funny, like in, a, in an exhibition like this anything in the room potentially becomes a sculpture because so many of the materials are recycled or assembled Maybe we should know, use it in the next. There are so many elements. So under the stairs, over there in the corner, side. is like a fire extinguisher. And so in an exhibition like this, I don't know. It's really a weird place to put it somehow. <laughs> so it becomes really it's like not a, very easily accessible. No, it's, it's like hidden under the stairs in the corner. So it it becomes this weird. Um, peculiar element that you don't know if it relates to anything. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's super loud. First, so, thank you, but like uh, the last wrap-up, where can people find you? Do you have a website or social media? Find me in Helsinki. <laughs> no, <are> you <laughs> Sorry, I've been Just talking too ask long. someone, now. I'm yeah. sorry, you see James? <laughs> He's down the road. No, I'm on Instagram, uh, Previt James, or uh, you can, my, most of these works, or a lot of them, are online on my website, which is jamesprevit.com, <laughs> I think, I forgot what it is. The Parties for Public Sculpture are online, or partiesforpublicsculpture.org. See, I forget my website. I'm really good at this. I mean, before you forgot what the word was called in English and only yeah. had it in Finnish, it's difficult, yeah. Dot com, pretty simple. Jamesprevitt.com. You can try it out. Try it. If, if it's not there, there's this thing called Google. <laughs> and also, I will ask you to send me like all of these million links we talked about, and I will make in the show notes, I will link all of this. So. Okay, wonderful. Uh, yeah, wow, thank you. It was really nice. Um, and thank you to the listener and thank you to Edie. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you, Zenia, for coming and doing this. Sure. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it.